Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Friday. First with yesterday's news, I and Glenn ZV were looking back at Thursday. Jeez, it's a rough time for the events industry, isn't it? Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, and travel. <laughs> Maybe it's on the way back, uh, but are you on the way back to travel? That's the question. And we'll finish up with uh, the research that uh, shows that people are basically willing to sell their souls in order for, to get their kids a decent advo- um, education. But before any of that, ah, uh, yes, the protests uh, yesterday. Um, Marcus was watching, of course. He's been pretty obsessed with it. I can't help it. I can't help watching the protest. It's like every annoying person you've met at a student bar all there in one position. Uh, and throw the Hari Krishnas in there as well with their chimes and their bells. But boy, no resolve when it's not going to go anywhere. In fact, it's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. I'm watching that. And I'm thinking, jeepers, make it end. Those poor police, anyway. Um, it's going to go on for days. I'm not. I'm not sure if people aren't sneaking back in. Kind of, the, we need a, we need more drones in the air to get more aerial shots and more diagrams. I think we need diagrams. I think we need a graphics package. Maybe Ian Taylor, rather than reckon he should run the border, could do a graphics package to show us where people are coming in and where they're all going. Because they've arrested 150, but you can't quite work out if the crowd was thinning. I don't even know if it's a good thing for Stuff the Website to be live streaming it, because certainly it's compelling. I watched and watched and watched, and all this frenzy and people getting pulled out and arrested. And I hate to say it, but it's like arresting toddlers, because they sort of go limp. I've put kids to bed like that. They sort of go limp and you've got to sort of carry them and drag their legs. Oh, like a whole day wasted just watching it. With the guy with the big sign blocking most of the view and then the Hari Krishnas, then the singing. Then Johnny Farnham, you're the voice. See, some thought that was a high point, some for that that was, a, that was, the, uh, that was one step too far. Jeepers. But pointless. A waste of police resources. A super spreader event. And no end in sight. And no leadership. No one's saying, okay, guys, off we go now. We've done our dash. Nothing. And on and on it goes like a slow week. I thought uh, the varied selection of flags being flown was a clear indication of of your major problem with the protest. I mean, there seemed to be a Maori sovereignty flag in, in amongst it all. And it's like, well, pretty sure that's not what it's about, but I guess it was for that person. Any old business. Well, not that funny. Hey, Heather. Now, I realise that this guy does not represent all of the protesters at all. And in fact, there are divisions even within the protest group. They don't all agree with each other. You've got a couple of distinct groups. You've got the Convoy 2020 people, 2022 people who organised the vehicles descending on Wellington. They are upset with the the Freedom and Rights Coalition founded by Brian Tamaki. They reckon it hijacked the the protest and so on and so forth, right? Then it's, it's a disparate group of people. Some of the protesters are raising reasonable concerns like the vaccine mandates, but others are completely off the charts crazy threatening to kill politicians in the media, disrupting businesses, hassling members of the public, getting into skirmishes with cops that have at least left at least two officers assaulted. It has got way too ugly out there. No one with any credibility can support this protest, given some of the messaging in there and given what is going on with businesses in the area and the rule of law. So politicians on all sides of the spectrum are right to have ignored it. This protest has been taken over by way too much bad behaviour. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> 
and and it's kind of inevitable like you know I guess people can protest for a day you know all in sick whatever but the people you're left with after several days are the people with nothing better to do and also like if they've been there for that long they you know they're not getting a good night's sleep they're not washing properly so they're going to be yeah, they're not going to be well rested and calm and relaxed. They're going to be a bit fired up and irritable, aren't they? It's a it's a powder keg. That's what it is. Hey, um, oh boy, the events industry, man. It just seems like every day I get an email for a, about another event that's being cancelled. Are we ever going to have any kind of event ever again? I'm part of the event industry. Uh, I'm predominantly a promoter inside musical theatre, but a big part of my business is inside the business event sector. But I just want to sort of hit back a little bit about what Gray's saying around uh, the, the arts and culture event support scheme and, and the event transition support payment. Um, it's, it's a very quick search online to find out uh, you know, which events have been underwritten by the government, and there is a long list of them. So from that perspective, I have I don't have any, any qualms around those particular um, programs that I think the government is giving some strong support there. Where I come a little bit unstuck is that uh, you know, there are uh, multiple business events that are operating um, you know, throughout the country. Back in 2019, before COVID hit, there was, it was an industry worth around $1.5 billion. Um, you know, We had uh, around $15 million on the table for 2022 in business events. And of course, we're talking conferences, gala dinners, fundraisers, all those types of events mm. which have been stopped in their tracks. Mm-hmm. And 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 if we get back to what Martin was saying earlier, he, you know, there's a lot of sole traders that actually supply this industry that that won't see anything come back from those business events. You know, we're talking about the riggers, the lighting technicians, the sound operators that are on those big major events. Man, Doug was all over it, wasn't he? He's got numbers. He was referring back to previous callers. Wouldn't want to take him on in a debate. He'd make a fantastic third speaker. I used to be third speaker, and I didn't like the pressure of it because you're going to make up most of your speech just by arguing with what people had said before you. I, mean, I was good at it, but I didn't enjoy it. But it sounds like he'd enjoy it. Boy, boy, Doug, go Doug. Um, now, travel, another industry absolutely uh, decimated by um, you know, the, the pandemic, of course. Uh, it's starting to come back a little bit, I think. You know, with you know, Australia opening up, blah, blah, blah. Uh, what does Kate Hawkesby think about this? Is she ever going to go anywhere again? Just stay inside. I mean, imagine spending a fortune on some exotic far-flung holiday and then some new variant crops up and everything grinds to a halt. You're back isolating or you're stuck somewhere. I mean, I think, you know, until the world truly feels back to normal and we're not hearing the word COVID or Omicron or anything to do with the WHO and news reports ever, uh, then we may at that point start to feel truly fully relaxed about travel being normal again. But I imagine at the moment it still does involve a lot of, you know, testing, temperature checking, extra sanitising, queuing, which all bogs down your travel plans, doesn't it? I mean, it makes it a bit admin heavy. I mean, won't it be so cool when the world's 100% back to normal and we can just, you know, jump on planes again, no masks, no temperature checks, no tests. Until then, though, I think I may just be sitting tight at home with the dog. Hawksby.
bit tragic, aren't I? Yeah, the dog is an issue, isn't it? We we got a lockdown dog. Uh, no, I mean, no, I think everybody did, didn't they? And um, and then you've definitely seen a lot of people go, oh, you know, like when they've had to go back to work and stuff like that. It's like, oh, what do we do with it now? And I've heard stories of people, you know, having to leave it in the house and then come home and the entire house has been destroyed. The dog's got no one to play with anymore. Uh, you can't go on holiday and leave the dog behind. That's for damn sure. We took our dog with us on holiday over the weekend. And it went better than I thought it was going to, actually. Seem to enjoy it. I'm not sure what the dog's having a holiday from. It's going to be a hard life being a dog at our house. But anyway. uh, we're going to finish up here with a bit of uh, education talk. Because apparently we will borrow, borrow, borrow in order to send our kids to a good school. Was it the teachers themselves? Was it having access to technology and a spare room where everybody could, the parents could do their work from home, the child could focus on their schoolwork? Was it having the luxury of space? Was it having parents who were interested and trying to juggle their own work, their own concerns with managing the child's concerns and schooling. And when it comes to private versus public, where do you stand on this one? According to the survey as well, and Mike was quoting the stats this morning, uh, the there are a huge number of people that are willing to put themselves into debt to send their child to a private school because they feel the the public system is simply failing their child. Where do you stand on this one? I'd love to get, and as an employer, that was the other thing, as an employer as well, what are you hoping to get out of the education system when it comes to dealing with young people during COVID. These young people now who are in their final years of schooling, final years of university, final years at trade schools, they're going to be coming to you soon looking for a job. What is it you most want from them? To to be honest, given the state of the uh, labour shortage at the moment, don't you just want a warm body? Probably doesn't even have to be that warm. Just sort of has to move about a bit. And then take it from there. I'm uh, I'm glad ZB. Trying to keep my body reasonably warm is not difficult given the current weather conditions. Um, we'll um, I'll sort of move it back into work again for you on Monday for a weekend edition of News Talk ZB. I'll see you then.